Welcome to the Political Deactivist Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. All right, so right, right go get here. your own podcast. Welcome, guys. Today's a very special episode where we interview Andrew Cooper of CPAC Australia and Liberty Works. Here's a little snippet from that interview. So what the virus is teaching us, or the response to the virus is teaching us, is what life could be like under an authoritarian uh, government. A government that believes that it holds all the answers, the keys to life, uh, the keys to happiness, and tells you what you need to do. And I hope you agree with me. This is scary. Before we get into this interview, be sure to go to anotherwaymovie.com and watch our full feature-length documentary on Australian libertarians. So we do apologize for the sound quality in this interview. It was done over Zoom, but you know what? Get over it and let's get into it. Maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and your your story. Okay. Well, look, my name's Andrew Cooper. I'm the, um, the president of a uh, small think tank called uh, Liberty Works. And uh, I'm also the uh, founder and operator of uh, some conferences, one called Liberty Fest, another called CPAC. Uh, which was quite prominent last year. And I'm also the immediate past national president of the Liberal Democrats, currently the vice president. What's your main concern with the whole COVID situation? What's your main concern predominantly with how our government has seemed to handle this pandemic? Look, um, I think the government, they were ill-prepared. The government was sold... um, some outrageously inaccurate figures in terms of death rates and uh, the case fatality rates for this particular virus. It's going to be, I mean, if it was an asset listed company, there'd be, uh, you know, the police would be brought in. It's just crazy, uh, the, the inaccuracy that uh, has been presented to the government. Uh, they panicked and they've overreacted. And by my estimation, they've now got themselves in a problem. They've got a problem. They don't have an exit strategy. So uh, I think the government, uh, I can, look, I can... Uh, understand how they started and with this overreaction but uh, what they've done is now they've locked us into at least six months of um, of incredible spending that's coming out of future generations and they've initiated this draconian lockdown process uh, the most illiberal sort of um, the most illiberal reaction that I never in my lifetime do I think I'd ever see and I think it's outrageous, actually, that uh, we're expected to basically be uh, in uh, home detention. And what would you say to people who say, oh, well, you're just you're choosing the economy over people's lives and you're not compassionate? And what do you say to people who have that argument? Well, I think there's, there's two things. I mean, um, uh, lives are important, but so is living. I mean, what point is a life if you're uh, in detention? Uh, I mean, people throughout history, rise up and fight for their freedoms and their, uh, their ability to go about their lives in the manner in which they you know, choose fit. But there's nothing, but not, neither of these things are actually inconsistent in this particular circumstance. Uh, let's say that there was limited lockdown. There was only an advisor. The government acted as an advisor and said, look, if you're old, if you're 70-year-old or if you've got some pre-existing conditions, you're under the pump. You stay at home. Don't go out. Uh, be careful of who you associate with. Make sure you, you know, wash your hands, don't touch your face, all those sort of uh, very logical ways of protecting themselves. The young, the fit, uh, those that have probably got a little bit more um, uh, reason to go and earn some money, you know, they may not be able to afford next week's rent. Uh, they should be free to do what they want, to make their own assessments. And uh, so, so letting people live and also allowing people to protect themselves are not inconsistent. 
they can actually coexist together. The people that feel like they've uh, got a lot to lose, lock yourself down exactly like you're doing now. Those of us that feel that life is worth living a little bit more than what we're allowed to do by our governmental overlords, then we should be free to be able to do that as well. And I don't think there's any, uh, there's any inconsistency there whatsoever. What, what do you think the main danger is with the way the government has handled it? Is it the kind of police state aspect? Is it the economic aspect? What's the main thing that concerns you? Uh, well, I think um, we're beginning to see the main uh, concerns is that the cure is quite likely to be far worse than the disease. Uh, the economic ramifications, um, it's easy to dismiss that, right? Oh, it's only money. You only care about money. That's absolute crap. It's not about the money. It's about people's lives. I mean, being forced into uh, circumstances that uh, mean that they don't earn an income uh, for, for when, that, uh, you know, that, that we're, we're basically locked up in camps in our own homes uh, in circumstances that not all of us can appreciate may, in fact, be very, uh, uh, very difficult for certain people. Um, I know my kids are going stir-crazy, right? But I'm sure, uh, I'm sure that's, a, that's a minor issue compared to some of the things that some people have to deal with. And the thing is, I don't think anyone's really thought through the long-term ramifications of this. We know that unemployment uh, has a great bearing not only on, um, on the quality of life that uh, many people lead, but also on, the, on how long they live. Um, so there will be additional suicides. There will be additional health problems that will come out of this. Um, so it's this sort of dismiss concerns about lockdown as just being, uh, you know, we don't care enough about people's lives. It's quite the opposite. Of course we care. Uh, we very much care. And we think at the end of the day, individuals are the pe people that are best placed to determine what's most important for their life and how much they care about their own life. We don't need government to care for us. We can do that ourselves. How would personal responsibility, how would the idea of people taking on personal responsibility, where does that sit in, in such an unprecedented time and with such a big pandemic like uh, COVID? Yeah, unprecedented times. Interesting you use that term, Randall. Um, uh, that seems to be the justification to throw out all our pre-existing liberal values. It's unprecedented. It's, uh, it's a warlike footing. I mean, for goodness sake, we're not Sigourney Weaver up against the alien, are we? I mean, it's a virus. It's, a, uh, it's something that is probably worse than the flu. And we're going into a warlike footing. Um, the, the language to me is way over the top. Um, but look, at the end of the day, when it comes to personal responsibility, there's nothing this virus can do to infect us if we take precautions. So if I do not want to get infected, if you do not want to get infected, all we've got to do is self-isolate, wash our hands, make sure we're careful about who we associate with or spend our time with, uh, particularly the young, if they're going to Bondi Beach or, you know, having fun. Uh, but at the end of the day, we can take control of this. It is each of us can take control and make sure we don't get the virus. It's our responsibility. Now, what's happening at the moment is, of course, is because we've returned this into everyone is responsible for everyone else's health. Uh, if I leave my house without permission from, uh, from the authorities or from the police or without a good reason, somehow that action makes me... Uh, responsible for the health of millions of other people. Now, this is crazy. This whole sort of concept of, um, of everyone being responsible for everyone else, there's a word for that. It's called socialism. 
Now, socialism has been tried before. It doesn't work real well, uh, and it won't work in this case at all. So I think um, because what, what it does is it removes that feeling that we're responsible for our own lives, and we look more and more to government to do that. Now, thankfully, it appears that many Australians are still looking to themselves to solve their problems, not just to the government. And now we're all sort of stuck. Um, and it's, it's very sad. In my, in my mind, it's a very sad time. Uh, where do you think this all started, this kind of attitude of people to just look to the government as their kind of saviour instead of taking on their own responsibility? You know what, if you get very, that's a very deep question and you could dig for a long time under that question. But I think, I think it's a, I think democracy is the best system we've got. Uh, but there is a bit of a flaw in the system and that is that 51% of the population can beat up on the other 49% of the population. So I think, um, if you're in the majority, you can force the minority to do pretty well whatever you want. So then it becomes just a, a competition to see who can get control of the reins of government in order to get what they want versus what the other mob want. And uh, I think really this this thought of the, this thinking of the nanny state, and it's, it's really because it's this competing idea that problems need to be socialised and the risk needs to be spread around. And, uh, you know, in, in my you know, it's only been the last 50 years that the percentage of, um, of uh, taxation, the taxation's percentage of GDP has gone from about 10% to over 30%. I mean, it's just a gradual, massive ramp up of government intervention in our economic lives. And now, of course, in our personal lives, I really think it's, 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 a, it's a recent phenomenon. And I think it's probably to do a little bit with the, the fact that we lead very privileged, wealthy lives, uh, and it leaves it leaves us with the luxury to think about other things uh, that may make us feel good about ourselves, and that is essentially making sure everyone um, is on the, the same footing as we are, which is impossible. So, how would a a theoretically libertarian government handle COVID? Well, I think uh, we'd handle it the way we've handled most pandemics in the past, uh, and that is we'd take a very fairly laissez-faire approach to it. Uh, the government has a place, uh, I think, to be um, uh, to have a light touch on uh, on certainly advising people, warning people, uh, certainly uh, helping um, helping uh, spread the message that uh, certainly the vulnerable, the elderly need to be uh, need to be very careful about what they're doing. Uh, but and also advising all of us that we can all help by keeping our distance, you know, washing our hands, doing all those things that we can to protect ourselves. Uh, and that's essentially what uh, some countries, particularly Sweden and to a lesser extent Taiwan, have done. Now, Sweden, you know, Sweden's got much higher death rate than Australia, but nowhere near the death rate of some other countries that have tried lockdowns. So Sweden's kind of, you know, they've gone there, they've, they've gone quickly through their bell curve, okay? The death rate's starting to fall over now in Sweden, and they haven't locked down at all. Their economy is still ticking over. Of course, people have shrunk back into their houses, so they're going into recession as well. But it's not forced on people like government, governments around the world have done. They haven't trashed the economy. They've just let the economy shrink back. And you know what? Pretty soon, they'll start that economy will start to grow again. And uh, I really like what the Swedes have done because I think they've left it. They've trusted people. And what our governments and authoritarian governments around the world haven't done is they haven't trusted people. 
trusted people to make mistakes. These mistakes could be bad, but you know what? Life isn't risk-free. We all make mistakes. Uh, people die driving cars. We don't ban cars. Life isn't risk-free. The Swedish people have trusted their people to make their own judgment calls and live with the consequences. So I really think, I hope in future, when another pandemic comes, and it surely will, we'll lean much towards, uh, we'll learn a lot from this and lean much towards how the Swedes are taking, taking this approach. Are you finding it difficult to explain your principles to people while we're in lockdown? I think the, the principles are really easy to explain. It's live and let live. You, tell, you say to someone, I'll tell you what, I won't uh, tell you how to live your life. Will you not tell me how to live mine? Most people just nod at each other and go, fantastic, good. They walk away. Where they really struggle is when they're under the pump, when they're under pressure. And this virus has put people under the pump and they've forgotten their principles. They've forgotten the things that have made us great to make life worth living. So, uh, look, I think, um, I think it's, uh, it's a disgrace what's happened, to be perfectly honest. What, what, what do you think is going to have the worst effect on, on our future, uh, COVID-19 or government's response to COVID-19? This virus has affected some people, but what's going to be long-lasting, and we'll, we'll, we'll be talking about this in generations' time, look what we've done to ourselves. Look what we've become. We've become a police state, and it's happened in a matter of weeks. It's a disgrace. Look, the virus is going to cost us in two ways. Uh, it's cost us our liberties. It's going to cost us uh, uh, our, our feeling of, uh, of, of trust in government. Uh, and it's also going to cost us our economic freedom as well. Uh, the government's already committed at least $500 billion uh, to uh, this virus response. Uh, that's going to take the uh, national debt well over a trillion dollars in total. That means every working person in Australia will owe $75,000 each on average. That means that some kid coming out of university, uh, some kid coming out of school is immediately $75,000 in the hole before they even get started. Uh, this is literally stealing our children's future. Uh, you've heard people say it. This is what it means. Uh, I'm really concerned that we're giving up way too much in order to fight what simply is a virus, a bad one, but it's a virus. Has it been hard for you to see the average Australian's response to this? I mean, is this the kind of death of your philosophy, do you think? Well, I think if the philosophy is uh, classical liberalism, small government, personal responsibility, um, you know, it, it, it's quite true that it's difficult to explain those principles. But guess what? Right now, the government is doing the job for us. The government has taken away a lot of the freedoms that we hold dear and assume would always be there. So in some ways, the job of, uh, of those that uh, love freedom, uh, love markets and love, uh, uh, love the ability to live the lives the way they, would, they see fit themselves, um, in a lot of ways, the government's doing the job for us right now. And uh, I just hope that the Australian population reflects on this, reflects on what life could be like if the authoritarians get hold of the economy and get hold of our lives. If you want to live a fulfilling life, you shouldn't look to the government to help. The government isn't there to help. The government is there to control. The government is there to take from you what it needs to exist to sustain itself. If you want to leave that, lead that fulfilling life, don't expect it from the government. Don't look to the government. Look within. Look to the people around you, around you. Look to lead your own life and make it as fulfilling as possible as you can. Don't look to the government. It'll always let you down. 
Thanks for listening, guys. This is a very new podcast, so please comment and tell us what you want to hear, what issues you want to have covered. Be sure to go to anotherwaymovie.com to see our full feature-length documentary on Australian Libertarians, and we'll see you next time.